Ist solche in Anführungszeichen positive Propaganda eigentlich begrüßenswert? Should we appreciate this kind of positive propaganda? I think we can look at a video like Kony 2012 on at least two levels. I think we can admire um, how carefully crafted it is uh, as a piece of advocacy. I think we can admire the campaign that drew so much attention to it. But I think it would be a mistake just to celebrate it for attracting 100 million views. I think we need to take very seriously uh, the extent to which the video is manipulative, the extent to which the information it's sharing is out of date. And we should ask very hard questions about whether we believe what it's advocating for, which is basically for military intervention uh, in northern Uganda and the surrounding region. Darüber werden wir vielleicht gleich noch ausführlicher sprechen. Ich habe den Film empfunden als eine Mischung aus Hollywood-Blockbuster und Werbeclip. Das hat mich auch sehr befremdet. Wie würden Sie das einschätzen? So for me this movie is like a mixture between a Hollywood-Blockbuster and a commercial. It appears very strange to me. How was that for you? It was quite clear that uh, the videomakers had a very particular audience in mind. And I think that audience in mind was American youth. I think they made the decision that uh, American youth appreciated a certain level of high production values. I think it's worth looking at some of the subtleties of the video as well. The video is really aimed at the Facebook generation and it's really trying to send the message that people who understand social media, people who can spread messages to their friends, that this is a form of political power. Now, we can argue about whether that's true or not, but that's very clearly who the video is targeting. And from what we can tell about who's watched the video, it seems to have reached its target uh, quite accurately. Wie erklären Sie sich den Erfolg des Videos und vielleicht auch was für Stilmittel setzt der Film ein, um seine Nachricht zu verbreiten und so erfolgreich zu sein? So, how would you explain the success of this video and uh, what stylistic means uh, are coming to this success? Well, let me talk about the success first and then let me talk about what I find troubling. Mm -hmm. I, I think the way in which it has been successful is that it was carefully targeted to an audience It was designed to encourage an emotional response and it was harnessed to a campaign that gave people something to do. What people really want when they get angry or passionate about something is some way to participate in a positive activity or a movement. And what the video makers did very intelligently is they started with several thousand people who are already participants in the campaign. They advertise this to their friends. Their friends watch the video. Their friends then were told, you can do something. You should spread this video to your friends and you should spread it to celebrities. And it looks like the idea of spreading it to celebrities was particularly effective because once you have someone like Justin Bieber talking to his millions of fans about this, it reaches an even broader audience of teenagers. So that's the, the side that we might choose to investigate and, and celebrate. The bad side for me is that the video is very simplistic. It turns a very complicated situation into one of good and evil and black and white. No one wants to deny that Joseph Kony is an evil human being who's done horrific things. 
But when you simplify a conflict to two people, Jason Russell, the filmmaker who is going to change the world, and Joseph Coney, who is the evil figure who has to be eliminated, then the outcome of the story is clear. You know, Jason has to win and Coney has to lose. The truth is much more complicated. You know, Joseph Coney is no longer in northern Uganda. He's no longer the major threat to stability there. While he desperately needs to be brought to justice, this may not be the right issue to work on. And then the remedy that's suggested, which is that the U.S. government should provide heavy support to the government of Uganda, that's a very problematic solution because it ends up being basically an endorsement of a government with a very poor human rights record and a government that has stolen its fourth election in a row for a ruler who's now been in power for 26 years. Aber ist es nicht positiv zu sehen, dass das Video überhaupt erstmal aufmerksam gemacht hat auf diese Verbrechen, bei allem, was man eben kritisieren kann an dem Video und vor allem, dass es einen Diskussionsprozess auch über das Video in Gang gesetzt hat und Medien dazu veranlasst hat, dazu zu recherchieren? So isn't it, so isn't it, so isn't it a positive effect that this video brought attention to these crimes, even if we have to criticize this video, and that the video initiated a discussion also about the quality of this video, and that because of this media started to investigate this issue? So in activist circles in the U.S., we sometimes talk about an idea called the ladder of engagement. And the idea is that you might be engaged in a political movement or a change movement by an ad that's very simplistic and very basic, but that it will encourage you to learn more about the movement, become more of a participant, more of an actor. And in social change, this is a pretty well-established theory. You know, and what you could do sort of applying this to the Coney video is to say, well, maybe what's going to happen happen is that the hundred million people who viewed this video are now going to go out and become more knowledgeable about Kony, about northern Uganda, so on and so forth. I'm not entirely convinced that that's true in this case. And I think part of what's happening is because Invisible Children has said, we know the story, we've been working on this for many years, we'll tell you what to do next. Your job next is to tell a celebrity, and your next job is to put up some posters. I don't know that that's actually encouraging people to the next level of information. I think they're encouraging people to increase their engagement, but I don't know that they're encouraging people to increase their knowledge. And as I said, I think the very compelling video they've presented is inaccurate in some very serious ways. And it proposes a set of interventions that I think are very troubling. Um, I'm not sure that the benefit of engaging 100 million people, some of whom will go on to greater knowledge, actually outweighs the damage of, of having tens of millions of people believe that there's an active war in northern Uganda, uh, which is just not true. Aber glauben Sie nicht, dass die Diskussion über das Video doch dazu führt, dass das Video relativiert wird? Don't you think that the discussion about the video, the big discussion in the other medias, that it leads to a different view about that all? Sorry, I'm back. Yes. Um, your question asks whether there are benefits to this idea 
that the Kony video has started a discussion about the situation in northern Uganda. And I think one way to read this situation is to say that if you look at the whole conversation, the video, the critique, the debate, this has all been a very helpful debate. I think it's fair to say that it's helpful, but it's also possible to be critical and say, you know, what a shame and what a waste. These folks at Invisible Children had the power to tell a much more complicated, nuanced story, a much more modern story, a story about what's actually going on now, and they passed on that opportunity. I think it's possible both to be happy about the debate that this has caused, but also be highly critical of the video as it was produced. Sie haben es angesprochen, es gibt einen gewissen Gegensatz zwischen einer intelligenten Kampagne und der Vereinfachung als Mittel im Film. Welche Alternativen gibt es denn zur Vereinfachung, wenn man Aufmerksamkeit er erzielen will? You were talking about the contrast between an intelligent campaign and simplification as a means in the movie. What's the alternative to oversimplification in order to get attention? So I think this is the open question for me, which is we know that there are many factors that made this campaign successful. It was successful because they had thousands of followers to start with who got involved with social media. It was successful because they uh, ran this very clever campaign targeting celebrities. It was successful because it was emotional and it was successful because it was very simple. My question would be, could we remove one of those factors and still have some success? Is it possible that we could give a more complicated uh, picture? and still have this be successful. Is simplicity and perhaps oversimplification the key factor in this being successful? I hope that the answer is no. And the reason I hope that the answer is no is that I think a lot of people are going to be doing videos like this and mounting campaigns like this based on the success of Kony 2012. And I think it would be a shame if the message we took away from this was that if you want to be successful, you have to speak to people as if they were your five-year-old child, which is literally what happens in this video. I fear that one possibility from this video is a race to the bottom in advocacy, where we all try to make our cases as simply and as emotionally as possible. For me, what would be a good outcome from this is someone saying, I want to make a video that's compelling. I know it needs to be simple. But I do want it to be accurate, and I want the next step to be giving people information that they can use to learn more, to understand the nuance, to understand the complexity, and maybe make their own videos or their own statements or their own blog posts that start dealing with more complicated views of the situation. Sie haben vorhin auch über die Facebook-Generation gesprochen, die als ja ein besonderes Zielpublikum ist, vielleicht für diese Art von Filme machen. Wird es in Zukunft noch mehr Beispiele von Klicktivismus geben, wo einfach nur jeder den Like-Button drückt? Und wie reflektiert ist dieser Klicktivismus? You were talking about this uh, Facebook-Generation, maybe as an aim for this uh, kind of movies. Uh, we, will we have more examples of Klicktivism instead of Activism in the future? And how reflected is really that Klicktivismus? where everybody just presses like buttons? 
So, um, clicktivism is one term I've heard. Another one is a term that my friend Evgeny Morozov favors, where he calls slacktivism. Um, so, slack is sort of laziness, mm -hmm. uh, a lazy form of activism. I, I actually think, in the case of Invisible Children, that's probably an unfair criticism. Um, these guys, whether you like their movement or not, have been working for years to get students to sort of engage in these acts of public protest. They do these demonstrations where they have students go sleep out in public in solidarity with uh, Ugandan children who in uh, the middle of the last decade were forced to commute from their villages and sleep outside in cities like Gulu. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. I, I mean, it, it, this is not purely online activism. This, this may be, in the case of this campaign, uh, an online component to it, but their next hope is to do a giant campaign putting up posters around the physical world. So I, I think it's, it's a mistake to sort of characterize it purely as slacktivism or clicktivism. That said, I think there's a lot of activism these days that focuses on raising attention, but doesn't necessarily focus on influencing policy, influencing policymakers, providing direct services. There's a lot of different ways to look for change. You can protest in the real world, you can try to influence how laws get passed, you can try to influence decision makers. And it seems like people are really focusing on protesting through media. The theory of change is if we got lots of people to participate, then the media will take notice and then maybe there will be a change. And I'm just not sure that that's always true, particularly in the case of catching Joseph Kony. I'm not sure that making him far more visible is actually going to lead to his arrest. Aber laut den Machern ist es ja ein Film, Kony 2012, für Kinder oder für junge Menschen. Was meinen Sie, ist Social Media der neue Weg, junge Menschen für politische Nachrichten oder überhaupt für Politik zu begeistern? So, uh, we are talking about a movie that was made for young people. What do you think? Is Social Media a new way of making young people more interested in political news or in politics? I think... It is almost certain that social media is an incredibly important channel for young people to find out about political information. And I think it's a channel that has tremendous influence over what issues they care about and what issues they pay attention to. I think that we should distinguish the role of social media from the role of propaganda. In the case of Kony 2012, you have a video which is a very successful piece of propaganda and you have a social media campaign that accompanies it. I think that you're going to see more people using this. I think you're going to see more propaganda on social media. And for me, what I'm very interested in is are young people going to get better at analyzing propaganda and trying to figure out whether they believe it at face value, or whether they unpack it and interpret it. If you think about it, one of the most interesting things about the Kony 2012 story is that people very quickly started using social media as a medium to question the video in the first place. That's quite different from broadcast. 
you can imagine that if Invisible Children bought broadcast television time and broadcast this in, say, 1980, um, that you might have discussions at, at home or at school, but you wouldn't have this very rapid response of people saying, is this true? Do we agree with this? What are the real facts? Who's represented? Who isn't? Without social media. For me, the really interesting question is can we help youth use social media to question and to examine all the messages they're getting in media, commercial messages, advocacy messages, propaganda messages. Lässt dieses Beispiel Kuni 2012 auch vermuten, dass in Zukunft noch viel mehr solcher Social-Media-Kampagnen auf uns zukommen werden, vielleicht auch von staatlichen Stellen? So could you imagine, because of this example, that we will get more campaigns, more Social-Media-Campaigns like this, also uh, that public institutions like the police or governments uh, could do this? So, first of all, I think there's no question that you will see a wave of campaigns trying to use these techniques. I think that within the advocacy community, everybody is saying, how could we get a Coney 2012 effect? Just in the U.S., we've already seen George Clooney try to use some similar methods to gain attention for the causes that he cares about in Sudan. I've seen a couple of other small campaigns uh, trying to use similar techniques. I think it's very interesting to ask the question of whether we will see governments trying to do this. Uh, it certainly wouldn't be surprising to uh, uh, see it happen in the U.S. political cycle. In fact, you can argue in some ways that part of the success of the Obama campaign in 2008 actually had to do with using video and using social networks. There were many popular videos in the U.S., like the Yes, We Can video, um, that had very similar dynamics in terms of how they were spread and shared. What worries me a bit is that I also think we're going to see uh, more repressive governments engaging in propaganda using these sorts of methods. I watched the recent elections in Russia and was, you know, surprised at how skillfully the Putin campaign used broadcast media and their advertising, uh, it would not at all be surprising to me to discover that uh, Putin ends up using social media very effectively in conjunction with broadcast media uh, to continue to, to gain support and manipulate public opinion.